0: Hi, Insiders, it's me, Lisa, back for a new episode of Disney Movie Insiders Presents. It's Earth Month, and we're celebrating with the new National Geographic series, Secrets of the Elephants. From Academy Award-winning filmmaker and National Geographic explorer-at-large James Cameron, this four-part series travels from the savannas of Africa to the urban landscapes of Asia to discover the strategic thinking, complex emotions, and sophisticated language of elephants shaping a unique and dynamic culture. Narrated by Academy Award-winning actress, Natalie Portman, the series not only reveals the extraordinary lives of different families of elephants, but also highlights how similar they are to us. Secrets of the Elephants will change everything you thought you knew about elephants forever. This series features renowned National Geographic explorer and elephant expert, Dr. Paula Kahumbu, and we're talking to her today, along with director of photography, Toby Strong. Hi, Paula, and hi, Toby. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey. Hi. Hi.
0: We're so excited to have you here. So let's kick things off with learning more about your background. Where are you from? And tell us a little bit about the path to your current career. And Paula, I'd love to start with you.
2: Uh, Well, I am a Kenyan, born and raised in the capital city, Nairobi. I am an ecologist. I studied elephants for my PhD at Princeton University, and I run a conservation organization. I'm very, very uh, interested in the future of wildlife conservation in Africa produce wildlife documentaries i present wildlife documentaries and i also um organize education programs for children in africa wow and toby
1: <laughs> that's quite hard to follow up isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm from uk and I've spent my life traveling and filming for the last 25 years, actually. And I've spent, yeah, 25 years filming elephants. Um, Although I'm not from Africa, I'm always drawn to Africa. So, yeah, I've spent, yeah, a quarter of a century, really, going to the world's wild places and filming our extraordinary uh, nature, wonderful people. And yeah, it's an absolute honor to do.
0: Extraordinary indeed. So if you can tell us specifically about studying elephants, how did your passions drive you into that for, for both of you? And then also, Toby, for you specifically, documentary filmmaking, how did you start to see your careers evolve into those focuses?
1: Um, okay. So for me, it was really interesting. I always, as a child growing up in the countryside, I, I always saw beauty and wanted to show it to those around me. So initially it was taking people on trips, on expeditions, and then I was introduced, I was given a camera. And I realized that through that and through filmmaking, you could reach so many more people and tell these stories. Uh, and so that's that's how I got into filmmaking. And then I remember coming to Africa and meeting my first elephant and just sitting and tears streaming down my face. There's this, just feeling them. And you do, because we can't hear 99% of their communication and, and you, but you can still feel it. And just realizing that, I, I all of my filming journeys since then, I'm always, if I can, steering it towards trying to work with elephants. And then this opportunity here to work on this series, the elephants, to spend a year with elephants was, was just perhaps my greatest joy and an opportunity to, to give back a bit, to try and be a little bit of a voice visually for the elephants, to to, mm-hmm. to, to show the world just how extraordinary they are, how intelligent they are um, emotionally and Cerebrally and, and to, to to engender a passion and a love for them around the world so that we can hopefully help preserve them.
0: That is indeed very lovely. I would love to hear as well, Paula, how you got your passions about elephants. I, I almost I love that how you mentioned that, Toby, your first time you met an elephant. Like if you can tell us too, if you had any moments like that where it finally dawned upon you, this is where I meant to be.
2: Well, you know, um, I always knew I wanted to do science and do research. I grew up surrounded by nature and spending time in the wild and um, spending time with scientists. Elephants weren't my first choice. I was really interested in, in monkeys and other animals, mostly because elephants have always been portrayed as dangerous. And also, not just because the elephants themselves are dangerous, but elephants are in danger. And they're in danger because of poachers. And the idea of a woman going out to study elephants in a landscape where you might meet armed men uh, was too terrifying in addition when i was studying elephants i was alone there weren't any other african women or africans even studying elephants at that level so it was a it was quite a, a strange and lonely place to be but i had the most amazing advisors and uh, joyce Poole being one of them um cynthia moss richard leakey and ian douglas hamilton and they were very encouraging Um, and I struggled through doing my PhD. Elephants are phenomenal. I was studying elephants in a forest. I never wanted to leave the forest. I never wanted to stop doing that research. But it was very clear to me that it didn't matter how much research and how much studying we did, these elephants were going to disappear. They were going to blink out unless we took action against the ivory trade because that was the number one threat to elephants at that time. And that's how I moved into doing more conservation and advocacy work and I still go and see elephants as often as I can. I, I, I think they are the most amazing animals. They they, As much as they are among the most studied animals on earth, they are still the animal that um, has protected its secrets from us. And we will never fully understand them. They are very, very interesting and curious and they will keep surprising us. And I have no doubt that um, 20 years from now, people will be saying the same thing. <laughs> because they they are very special.
0: I love so much the descriptors that we hear about elephants, like they are able to adapt, their resiliency, all those things. They're just so important for people to learn. And so it's really exciting that we get to share this. We're excited for more people, or we're excited for people to see secrets of the elephants. So tell us about this second installment and how you heard about this project. Clearly your passions were there and it all came together and aligned. Toby, you mentioned you shot this for a year. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Can you tell us how you heard about this project and how production got underway?
1: Sure. So I pretty much early on, I have a friend uh, at Oxford Scientific who was thinking of new ideas and sort of things. And we were batting about bits and we were talking about elephants at that point because we'd both worked on uh, an orphan elephant series many, many years ago. So we talk about elephants and I, I sort of started talking about all these exciting ideas and then that friend sort of pushed it on further. And then it got to a place. And then, you know, I was uh, talked to about the fact that we're going to do this four part thing on elephants. I was like, yes, absolutely. This 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 There is so much there. And then it became fascinating. It's like, OK, how do we break this down? And we separated it into the four zones, as it were. So we have the Asian elephants, the rainforests, the savannah and the desert. And what you're saying is so exciting about the adaption of these elephants, when you look at a, a, a shy little forest elephant, compared to the savannah, these huge ones, and then the hardiest elephants on earth in the desert. Don't you think, Paula, just how different they are? Because you went to each of these locations and you saw just how different they are and how they've adapted and how the landscape adapts them and they adapt the landscape. I, I think that's fascinating.
2: Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, I I was very lucky. I just got a call out of the blue from (laughs) Janet Hanvisring, And she just said, I've got this crazy idea and you're perfect (laughs) for it. (laughs) You know, will you do this? And I was was quite blown away. And I said, of course I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. I'd love to do this. It's something that I wrote on my vision board in January. So when she called me just weeks later, it was like, wow, the universe is really (laughs) coming together for me. Um, And these different elephants in these different environments you know working on this series gave me a chance to go to places which i've only ever dreamed of Mm. i've heard about i've people like toby go to those places people like me don't go to those places it's really hard unless you are literally working for national geographic you don't get to go to those kinds of places they're not easy to get to some of the places where toby went you know in the desert in the the huanib i mean Hardly anybody's ever been there. It's it's like middle of nowhere. And if you broke down, you could dry up and die in a few days. It's that harsh. Um, The same in the rainforest. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen so many insects in my life in one minute. You know, it's like it was unbelievable, the the extreme conditions in all the different places we went to. But going to those places and then seeing elephants in their environment, in, in the wild, in nature, and also seeing that actually we've impacted on them everywhere. There's nowhere that you can say elephants are not impacted by people. We have, we have caused them so much damage over the, you know, decades, hundreds of years, even thousands of years, that um, I feel that what we are seeing of elephants today is maybe a shadow of their potential. They are scared of people in most places. They will in the forest, they're terrified of people. You they just have to have a sense that you're so near and they disappear. In some of the savannah areas, they will, you know, take take a stand and chase you. If they see you, you know, they literally, if they sense you, they will take a stand, look for you, and then they will chase you because they have been um, persecuted for so long. And this, I, this was, for me, it was very striking to see elephants uh, almost... Um, You know, yes, they're so amazing. They've adapted to these incredible environments, but they've also adapted to us. We are the main thing that has caused them to keep having Mm. to adapt and change. And what a shame that uh, we we can't say that they're just wild, just naturally wild and being the way they should be. And because elephants are so smart, because they can communicate, because they can transfer knowledge from generation to generation, we will not in our lifetimes see that come out. It, it would take um, hundreds of years for us to rewild elephants properly.
0: It is just astounding to to see some of what you captured and to more just to hear it from you both right now. It's just extraordinary, the work that you're doing, the the voice that you are serving as for these elephants. As you say, that conflict, that's so interesting, Paula, The, the some of the challenges that they face are because of us, but it's because of you that we can help mm. turn this around. So it's just very, very interesting to to hear. You were talking about some of those locations that you went to. Um can you tell us a little bit more about each of the different locations and if there was any like standout moments that you can recall um just because you said the landscapes, the environments, the climate is so vastly different in each of these locations.
2: Well, you know, I started off in the desert with Toby which was amazing, spectacularly beautiful, um and extremely harsh but but um the kind of place that everyone should go to because you 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 can't You can't walk away from the the Namibian desert without feeling changed. It was really, really amazing. Vast, vast, incredible landscapes and beautiful colors. And then, and you see this in the film, you see the colors change just from one scene to the next. The colors change pinks, oranges, browns, yellows. It's really amazing. And then I went to the rainforest and it's just imposed in, it's like you're, it's almost like you're in a tunnel. It's so dark and it's so humid and it's so full of biting insects. I mean, you don't see it on the shoot, but we had to keep stopping. The insects are there, down my shirt, they're biting me. Um, and I could at least swap them off, but the poor camera crew were being eaten alive by these bugs. You know, we were on the water a lot because the only way to get around the forest is on a boat. Um, so it was also very peaceful and beautiful and loud with the sounds of the forest. It was It was really incredible. And when you see the elephants, you just feel like just everything, time just stops because they're so amazing. They're so different. You look at them with binoculars and you see these eyes, gleaming eyes. Their eyes are yellow. They're not like any of the other elephants. They're really almost ghost-like. It's very, very, very strange when you see forest elephants. Um, In the um, savannah, I mean, that's my my territory where I studied elephants. The savannah is in Kenya. I was so comfortable. I was at home there. And then I went to Zimbabwe, where the elephants are doing something extremely unusual. And they're navigating extremely treacherous landscapes very very mountainous areas and that was that was pretty amazing but the elephants they were very very skittish very very shy um and they were in large herds and they were they were um just amazing you see them helping each other to get from one place to the next so it's really really beautiful and then the forest in Borneo I mean Asian elephants already it's just monumentally different from African elephants, spectacular animals. And when I, when we got to Bonneo, we were sitting on a boat because again, going through the forest, the only way to move around is on a boat. And elephants, the first thing is I just could hear them trumpeting. And I immediately, I was like, guys, there's a problem. The elephants are in trouble because they're just, tr- elephants are trumpeting and screaming. And I thought there was a crisis. And everyone was looking at me like, something wrong with Paula. <laughs> That's a normal thing. The elephants there are very, very noisy and they've adapted to noisy machinery around them. So they they are constantly trumpeting and crying or screaming. Um, But they're also very excited. They're hyper, hyper excited because when the machines are running, it means that trees are being felled and there's lots of food and the elephants are so excited. They're calling each other. They're running around playing. And, you know, it was, it was a, very very unusual sight I, I i i don't think i'll ever forget any of it i i'm i'm blown away by you know some of the things that we saw and some of it may not appear in this series but, but it but it left me in, in, you know so moved that i thought i was an elephant expert i discovered <laughs> that what i knew was a fraction of what there is to learn about elephants
0: I'm just totally just enthralled with everything that you're describing and excited for people to see Secrets of the Elephants. It's interesting what you mentioned, obviously what we're going to see in the series versus what happened behind the scenes. And then you mentioned there too, Paula, that the crew is there as well, capturing all of this. So Toby, is there anything that you can share as the director of photography that the crew experience that you have as a lasting memory from this and all these different locations that you were able to travel to?
1: I think one of the things that we I think bravely lent on in this series is to to pursue the emotional um more than we generally do. Often we try and stay back and removed and almost scientific in our observation of what's happening, but I do feel we lent emotionally into elephants. And elephants are emotional, they have high emotional intelligence. So that was a lovely thing. And you, it's it's I remember um we took Paula to see the desert elephants, and and we were going along. It's like Paula, you can't look yet. And and um, I remember just watching the elephants coming here, and then Paula turned, and just this look on her face of just this is utter joy and excitement, all these emotions playing across her face. And you're trying to film and to do your job, but you're just you're just flooded with these this excitement and passion and love. It, 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 it's very special. And then other things behind the scenes, as Paul was saying, often these places are so difficult. If everyone sat at home with their pizza on a Sunday evening watching this, they're expecting every shot to be perfect. So you may be being eaten alive. You could be fried (laughs) 54 degrees. You're being hit by a sandstorm. And you just want people to think, oh, it's fine. The shot can be all right. They're really suffering. But you have to just... Somehow, be able to capture extraordinary images while these things are going on. I remember there's a, uh, one of the most extraordinary things ever. I, I, I timed to go out to the desert so that the rains hopefully will just about come down these rivers and provide a little bit of water down these dry riverbeds once a year. We happened to be there on a one in a hundred year storm. It was an extraordinary thing. So, this water's coming, and you've got these drone shots that when you watch it look all lovely and smooth. But the reality was, our only escape is driving down. So Paul, who's our, our guide, I'm like doing these drone shots and I'm having to run, jump into the Land Rover and scream down, being chased by his water. And I'm trying to do super calm, lovely drone shots of this water. <laughs> They're just like bouncing around. I was like, Paul, stop. He said, we can't, we'll drown. And so there's this, it's so often you have seeing these beautiful, lovely shots of things. And yet the, the reality, it's like that um analogy of a swan, the beautiful swan, and underneath its legs are paddling <laughs> yeah. like crazy. And that for wildlife is so often the case. Um, but it yeah, but each one of those, and you get to the evening and then you finish and you breathe deeply, don't you, Paula? And you kind of it, it's perfect meditation because you are totally lost in the moment when you're with animals and 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 you're doing this. And then you get to the end of you. Oh, and this emotion just floods you, and you just start to just process what's happened to you each day. It's yeah, it's remarkable.
2: You know, there was one other thing, um, Toby, that I thought was really, really moving about the series was the there were two, well, there were three experts that we met on the ground, and one of them was in Namibia with Toby. His name is Hendrik nebone and Hendrik uh, just has this natural way with elephants. And the other he was happy to almost walk right up to them. (laughs) And it was for me, it's like always be cautious around elephants. You never know what they're gonna do because they can move damn fast if they want to. And Hendrik is just, you know, talks to them softly and he's you know, asks them to calm down and tells them to wait. And the elephants just seem to feed from his energy and behave in a very calm and relaxed way around him. And he's Just got this natural way with elephants, which was very beautiful. We had a similar guy in Borneo. We had a young elephant literally walked right up to him. We could have touched him. (laughs) He was just Mm -hmm. talking to him, and then eventually the crew were like, "This is this is a bit too close." And so he he put his hand out and he said, "Okay, stop. Now go back." (laughs) And the elephant just (laughs) turned around and walked away.
0: It is absolutely amazing. And I love hearing everything that you're sharing. And we're so excited for more folks to see for to hear and see this and learn even just a fraction of what you all experienced in person. So thank you so, so much for capturing this. Um, I want to make sure we get to the insider five next. So are you ready to take on the insider five with us and talk to us about your Disney fandom as we become fans of yours right now in this episode? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, that's good.
0: Okay, cool. here we go. Your first question What is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan?
1: So for me, I was, I was um, as we started this podcast, I sort of apologised to you, didn't I? Because you might hear tweeting behind me and I've got these finches that sort of fly around my kitchen. And kind of one of that is because of when I was very little, I remember that scene in Cinderella when she's washing up and gets all the help of all these birds coming in and help her. And I thought, oh, when I grow up, I would love to have this relationship with the wild, with just cohabiting in this magical thing. So yeah, that was my one, that moment in Cinderella.
0: Toby's living it out, living his dreams out. I love that so
1: much.
2: Paula, what about you? Yeah, I I would say mine was definitely Dumbo, actually. I don't know why Um, I was telling Toby earlier today that um, there's something about the original Dumbo was so creative and so musical and so funny and so silly, such an elephant, that I started to look into the elephant that Dumbo was actually named after. Its name was Jumbo. And it's not it's not a happy story, but it was an elephant mm-hmm. that ended up in a, in a circus. Yeah, the story of Dumbo is is really the story that I think got a lot of children hooked on on elephants from the very very early age. And look at you now, pioneering
0: a path to all the incredible work that you're doing, inspiring so many others. That's so so cool. Your next question: If you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park, which would it be? Toby, you look ready to go.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm ready because I got really excited and I went through these with my son this morning and he helped me out. (laughs) (laughs) So again, it's quite old school. I remember watching Indiana Jones. uh, For the first time I was like, oh my God, I want to be this person. So for me, it's Indiana Jones ride. I think I could do that all day with my hat (laughs) and my whip.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So good. And Paula? Do you know what? I've never been to a Disney park and I have no idea what the rides are. So I
0: don't know. There is a jumbo attraction. I'll give you that. So maybe we start you off with that. And then you can work up to Toby, who he's very adventurous. That Indiana Jones attraction. I love it. But all day, Toby, very adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your next question. It's Disney oh, karaoke night.
2: What song do you sing? I have to say I loved all of the Lion King songs. Um, I, Yeah, all of them. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get that. up and sing,
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> a whole collection of songs. That's a, good, that's a good choice. Okay, Toby, what about you?
1: Their necessities, really easy. Baloo is Die. my all-time hero. Yeah, that's that's a really easy one.
0: So good. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's see what Paula's answer to this one is. This is funny. You're invited to a Disney themed costume party. Who or what do you dress as? Toby first.
1: Yeah, again, I got really excited about this. So my go-to would be Baloo the Bear. It's either that or Elsa from Frozen.
2: I love um, the variety of the spectrum. What about you, Paula? I'm, I'm just uh, going to ask, and I apologize if I got this wrong, but is uh, Black Panther Disney? It is. Yes. Then that is what I will be.
0: <laughs> so good. So good. And your final question, which Disney character has the best uh, life advice and what is it?
1: Um, can I do one from Walt Disney himself? Is that allowed?
0: Let's do it. Yes.
1: He said, um, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. I Mm -hmm. really like that. And if I sneak in a quick Jack Sparrow, um, he also said, it's not so much the destination as the journey. So those two I'm going for.
0: And honestly, like those finches in your house, you're living out both of those pieces of life advice. So
2: truly inspiring. Truly inspiring. Okay, Paula. From... Lion King Hakuna Matata, because Hakuna Matata literally does mean no worries, and we say this all the time here in Kenya.
0: Again, both of you so inspiring and living it out. Everything that you're talking about, you are just absolutely extraordinary. Thank you so much for all the work that you do. It's important, it's critical. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you worked on for Secrets of the Elephants and your Disney fandom as well. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Lisa.
0: Thank you so much. That's our show. Watch Secrets of the Elephants on National Geographic and stream it on Disney+. Plus. So you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes, subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code HERDS. The code expires May 9th, 2023 at 11.59pm Pacific Time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, insiders, with more Disney movie magic.